if you look at the market right now, so we know the mega cap seven have driven the indexes, but I don't think I really want to be overweight consumer staples in here because the valuations are much more expensive than some of these um, industrial names. We own technology, we're overweight technology. We think there's a long-term secular tailwind there, but the industrials for the near-term and the long-term provide really interesting opportunities for investors. On this episode of Early Bird, Nancy Tangler, CEO and CIO of Laffer Tangler Investments. Nancy joins the podcast today to talk about why investors should look at stocks in the industrial sector in 2023, including a look at Tangler's top stock picks in the sector. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Nancy, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Stephen. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming. We're going to talk about industrial stocks um, that investors may want to take a look at as we enter the final quarter of 2023. But before we do that, Nancy, um, if you could describe yourself, your background in about 30 seconds or less, uh, what should the audience know about you and your background? So I came from a single parent home. Uh, I started working when I was a kid because my mom was working two jobs and money became really important in a not so good way. And so I learned how to save. And then once I went to college and I studied finance, I learned how to invest. And my passion is teaching women in particular, but everyone, uh, how to invest for the future. So you save to invest. You don't save your way to wealth. And that's that's been an important part, part of my career. Yeah, a lot of people need to learn that. That's such an important lesson. Um, and it kind of brings us to, I guess, one of the, the big topic for today, industrial stocks. We're going to talk about um, and why, I guess, when you're saving money and you're investing, this is an area you should look at. Uh, Nancy, what, why are you bullish on industrial stocks here in late 2023? So, Stephen, there's a couple of reasons. Um, you, you know, we had a big, big Fed discussion recently, a few weeks back. And what we know is that the Fed said, well, we're going to stay tighter for long or tighter for longer. But they also said um, that they thought, I mean, in their own economic forecast, that it looked like we were going to get kind of what is called a soft landing. Yeah. So the question then becomes, where do you invest? And one of the places that that has been really interesting to us is industrials for two reasons, three, actually. One, companies are reshoring or re-onshoring. So they're moving their supply chains back to the United States. Manufacturing investment spending has doubled in the last two years. And I and that's a backward looking statistic, but it is likely to continue because of all the programs that the 
the, the government has put in place, the Inve Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIPS Act, uh, the infrastructure, infrastructure bill, those are all um, monies that ha are starting to be spent and will continue to be spent, particularly in the clean energy and infrastructure space. Um, so wh whatever you think about the spending from an investment standpoint, there are places to make money. And then the last re reason is historically when the purchasing manager manufacturing index is bottoming, that has been a good time to buy uh, cyclical industrial names. And it is it does appear that the manufacturing index is bottoming. And so we've been adding to industrials in here. And our theme, and then I'll I'll let you ask the next, next question, but our theme is old economy companies, our investing theme is old economy companies that are embracing the digital rev revolution, cloud computing, generative AI. And there's a number of industrials that I'll talk about uh, that are doing just that. And then the providers of those um, tools that you need to embrace the digital revolution. So that that's our investing theme. Oh, well, that's incredible. You brought up supply chains and obviously the supply chain the supply chain crisis we had during the pandemic has subsided, so they're clearing up, and that's that's good for a yeah. lot of these industrial names. Um, what what is it about industrial stocks in general that you like? We'll get into specifics uh, later, but in general, is it the good dividends? Are you looking at? Are you looking at valuations, low PE ratios? Um, anything in particular that 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 you are you find uh, advantageous about these types of stocks? Yeah, it's, it's actually both, Stephen. So um, the macro setup's pretty good. But then if you look at them, uh, we look at companies based on uh, where they're trading compared to their their relative yield. So their yield relative to the market and then based on their own history back 20, 30, 50 years. And, and so we look at companies that way. And almost, well, actually, almost every single one of the names I'll talk to you about today is deep into its buy range. But then we also like companies that are growing their dividend. And uh, so valuation is relative dividend yield, but but dividend growth is really important to us as well. And there's, you know, if you look at the market right now, so we know the mega cap seven have driven the indexes, but I don't think I really want to be overweight consumer staples in here because the valuations are much more expensive than some of these um, industrial names. We own technology, we're overweight technology. We think there's a long-term secular tailwind there, but the industrials for the near-term and the long-term provide really interesting opportunities for investors. Oh, I, I, I think our listeners are intrigued and they brought up some great points there about what you're looking for in these stocks. Let's get into it. What What, what is your top stock in the industrial sector uh, for, for the rest of 2023? Oh boy. Well, I'm a long-term investor. That's the disclaimer. Mm -hmm. um, we actually own Honeywell as um, in our 12 best ideas portfolio. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons that we like that, most of which is they're solving problems digitally for their customers. So, um, you know, if, if, if you can set the temperature in your factory digitally instead of having to go in or fix it or troubleshoot it, that becomes very productive. But but there's a number of names we like. Carrier, which is a spin out from the old um, Raytheon Technologies, their, um, you know, uh, air conditioning and uh, heat pumps, that, that business has grown dramatically. Uh, they're in our buy range and they yield, the, 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 the stock yields um, one and a half percent, but they're growing the dividend pretty robustly. 
Emerson Electric is a stock we like very much. They're a digital solution for many of the manufacturers. So they're, they're improving the productivity of the manufacturers. But, but we also like Illinois Toolworks. Um, as I mentioned, Honeywell, these are all stocks that we own in our portfolios at greater than a 2% weighting. And then in our clean energy infrastructure strategy, we own uh, Xylem, which is a water treatment plant, that, a company that is embracing the digital revolution. So their digital business is 50% more profitable than the rest of their business, and they're converting it fast. We own Maztec, we own Qantas Services, and we own Jacob Solutions, all we, who we think and we well we know will benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act. So those are names uh, again that pay a dividend. They they are growing the dividend, and um, those those are the, the kind of companies we want to own for our clients over the long term. Oh, so many great choices. I I, I kind of want to delve into them. Like uh, let's let's start with that first one. Uh, real quick, Honeywell um, certainly a, a powerful name in the industrial sector, but down for the year. Um, some analysts see Honeywell as sort of turning the corner, b- about to go up in price. Uh, there's still concerns about the operations, right? They did. They recently had a layoff not too long ago. Um, are, are, you, are you still confident in Honeywell despite everything that's happened to the company this year? Well, yeah. I mean, this is the time when you want to step in and take a look at these companies when they've underperformed because these are high-quality companies with great management teams. And my experience um, shows would show and demonstrate that that's when you want to take a look at the industry leaders. So we were adding to technology and consumer discretionary last October. Uh, that would be October of 2022. We were buying Apple in 2012 and 2013 when everyone hated it. And so the question for Honeywell is, are they going to be able to, to streamline operations? They have a new aerospace CEO. Um, we, we like him. We think his um, focus and his priorities are, are the right ones. They have a backlog that's um, at a record level. It's up 4% year over year. That's always um, a, an encouraging sign when your customers are still interested in buying from you and you can't fill the orders fast enough. Uh, and then I think The digital transformation at the company continues. They're improving efficiency and margins. Uh, Top line volume growth will um, is resuming uh, after, you know, kind of a moribund period, as you point out. They're they're focused on balancing priorities. So margin expansion is is a priority for the company. And then, as I mentioned, the backlog uh, is is impressive and important to us. So. and, and, and then I, I think I would just say, lastly, warehouse automation, the, the pipeline there is improving. And this is an area that we think is growing dramatically in the coming years due to reshoring and due to the manufacturing spend. And then they own a quantum computing company. So they've got a, a generative AI exposure through Quantinum. And that's that's an area we're watching. But they expect to grow that business to $2 billion by 2026, not super ambitious. So, you know, they have a generative AI tailwind, which we think is kind of interesting. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Nancy about what company in the industrial sector to avoid right now and how to get started with investing in other stocks in the industrial sector. But first... Let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. 
Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Nancy, today we're talking about industrial stocks, and you talked about some of the stocks that you really are very bullish on. We talked about Honeywell. Even though Honeywell has lagged the market this year, you are hopeful in, in better returns in the future. But I also notice you're, you're, you're supporting companies like Carrier, Illinois Tool, companies that have performed positively this year so far. But I guess you think that the best days are still in the future. Is that correct? <laughs> Well, they're still in our um, in our attractive valuation range. So um, carriers uh, in the buy range and Illinois Toolworks is in the buy range as um, and they, you know, carrier has certainly performed a lot better than Illinois Toolwork, but carriers up about 30. Well, it depends on when we, we measure this, but it, it's up well ahead of the market, almost double. And uh, international toolworks just just lagging somewhat. Um, but there's a lot to like about both companies. And I think our I think what your viewers should uh, and listeners should know is that our most important uh, factor when we're doing our fundamental research is the quality of the management team. And both of these companies have demonstrated uh, that they can expand margins, that they can deliver on the top line uh, in, in very difficult environment. I mean, this is probably the most complex investing environment in my career. And I've been doing this since mid 1980s. And so it's the same for managements, but many of these companies got their balance sheets, um, cleaned up when interest rates were super low and now they're in a position to leverage their growth and so that that's one of the reasons one of the many reasons we like them so within the industrials uh sector are there any stocks that you're not too confident in at least for the rest Mm. of this year going into next year i mean i would say ups we we actually own it it's a smaller position in one of our large cap equity strategies i think carol tomei is one of the best operators in 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 corporate America, but she's got a big challenge with with the Teamsters, um, or I'm sorry, with the renegotiation with the drivers. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are going to have to, they've already announced they're going to take a hit of $500 billion based on the contract negotiation they had um, in the fourth quarter. And that was in addition to some, you know, things that they had already mentioned. I'm concerned about the name. We're reevaluating it to see if we want to get out. But I, if you're looking for returns in the next three to six months, that's probably not a place I would step in. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. UPS has had uh, one of those interesting years. Obviously, the strike or potential strike was averted, but the stock is down. You brought up the concerns over um, new costs in the future uh, as a result uh, of some of that labor action. So we'll have to see how... UPS performs in the future. That's, that's certainly a good one to stay away from. Stay away from. At least uh, for now. At least for, at least now. for now. But I, I will say this, Stephen. FedEx cited their upside. They think they have upside because they've taken share from UBS, UPS. Sorry. <laughs> and they think they have upside due to the labor negotiations and Yellow's bankruptcy. So there's always somebody waiting in the wing to, uh, to, to take your market share. And, you know, flip this a couple of years back. UPS was the stellar performer. FedEx wasn't. Now you've got the opposite. And, and FedEx, on uh, to your point, 
they're cutting costs at a, at a higher rate, yes. and they're doing a great job with that, and it's helping with their bottom line. Um, Nancy, these are these are wonderful suggestions for stocks and industrials to pick or to avoid. Um, what advice would you have to investors out there who are looking at industrials and don't know how to evaluate these companies? Where, where should they get started in terms of the evaluation? How should they evaluate these companies? Oh, man, Stephen, there's so much good free data now um, in places like Yahoo Finance that when I started in the business, we had to pay millions of dollars for that kind of data. So I think there's a couple of things you you want to um, you want to understand management. And if you have the time and the proclivity, uh, I would recommend that your listeners uh, listen to the quarterly conference calls because you, you'll hear tone. Um, you know, the, the numbers matter, but what matters is the trend and what management's telling you about the future. The other thing I that we do, and we think it's super important, is we look at dividend growth because management set dividend policy based on what they think long-term sustainable earnings power is. So it's a portion of long-term sustainable earnings power. If, if you're worried, and this is something I'm concerned about, that either dividend growth at UPS will slow dramatically or um, they may be in a position where they have to cut the dividend because their costs have gone up so much. But historically, this company has grown the dividend at 12.4% on a five-year basis, 17% dividend growth on a three-year basis. And this is really, the increases come from Carol being there, rationalizing the company. But when you have a big cost increase, we, we have to be aware of that because people buy these companies for the most part for the dividend. Um, and the growth in the dividends. So those are those are two areas I would pay close attention to. And then the last is you want to own the industry leaders, particularly if you're not, you know, in doing research every day like I am. You want to own the companies that can fix their problems because they dominate their industry and they have the wherewithal to do that. So, you know, quick uh, in in my um, upcoming book, I write about Starbucks. I bought it in twenty seven uh, two thousand and seven. The stock went from, it had come down from 45 to 30. It went to five, <laughs> but I've still outperformed the market dramatically through many bear markets because what, what happens in these companies is management figure, figures it out. And for the most part, not always, but in, in most cases they do. And then, um, you know, if you're out of it, it's hard to get back in. Great point. Uh, you mentioned your, your book just came out recently, um, the, the Women's Guide to Successful Investing. Um, what, what exactly is the book about? What should readers look forward to when they, they read this book? Well, so women are going to control, in, in the estimates are in 2023, $95 trillion in wealth globally. But historically, they've kind of excused themselves from the conversation. And so when I um, retired from this business the first time and all these super smart women with advanced degrees and doctorates and doctors, and they had no involvement in the management of family wealth. But the problem is the average age of the first divorce for a woman in the U.S. is 30. The average age of a widow in the United States is 59. So women tend to live longer. And then when they don't have a relationship with their advisor, they fire them. And that becomes two thirds of women fire their advisor when they take over the wealth. And that becomes very expensive. So I, I, it's really about empowering women who, by the way, according to all the research, make better investors than men um, to, to embrace this, not view it as gambling, as most women do, and really understand that stocks are a claim on assets. And if they do their research and don't let the market scare them out of it, stocks, and that's the famous P Peter Lynch's quote, somewhat paraphrased, um, 
they can make a lot of money over time because it's time in the market that matters, as you know, not timing the market. And the last stat I'll give you is if you miss from 1995 to the end of 20, uh, 2022, if you missed the um, five best years, you, you returned uh, five best days, sorry, you returned 6.2%. But if you stayed invested over the entire period on an annual basis, you generated an 8% total return. So the difference between a 6.2% annualized return and an 8% is millions of dollars over the lifetime of most people. So I really want to encourage um, all investors, but in particular women, to trust your, your research, um, to stay with companies for the most part. There are times when you need to bail, but to stay with them and turn, um, turn down the volume on the financial news networks, which I appear on. So... <laughs> Yes, you um, do. Well, <laughs> uh, but but don't turn the down the volume on Early Bird, <laughs> Nancy. No, not at all. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much for for coming on the Early Bird podcast to talk about industrial stocks, what investors should look for, and, and to talk about your upcoming book with its incredibly important message. We really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we wrap up the discussion, I just have one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Nancy, is. What is your favorite song to sing while driving with the windows down? Oh my gosh. Um, well, it's a Tom Petty song for sure. And it's probably, I won't back down. Great song. Thank you again to Nancy Tengler for sharing your insights on investing. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.